0: So good evening, yeah. Neil. Just want to good see, evening. Thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, I just want to see what's the last minute before the gun goes off? What is in your head? What are you preparing? What's the last thoughts you have?
1: Yeah, good evening, everybody. Um, yeah, the last minute is intense. Heart rate goes, goes already up and uh, yeah, it's adrenaline is already, yeah, kicking in. And you know, now it's, it's time to deliver and uh, but I actually like those moments, and you know now it's it's time to to give it. And uh, but for sure, it's it's a nervous time, and you know first you get uh, 60 seconds to the start, then you get 30 seconds to the start, and then 15 seconds to the start, and then the start can happen in every 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 second. So, um, but yeah, it's preparing. I always try to to um, try to smile to, to enjoy actually what's coming and not to be uh, afraid of, of what's coming. I think that's really important that that you are not afraid about the competition, that you are actually looking forward to it, that you enjoy it as well, even if it's going to hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I tried to get in this in this mood where I actually, now it's fun.
0: <laughs> Listen, I spoke to a few people and I just want to acknowledge you for, for this, and uh, I heard Thomas Frischknecht, who is a legend himself, said about you, Nino is responsible guy for mountain biking in Switzerland. Uh, you won 2004. You won European championship uh, championship title for the first time. Your father Ernst said about you that you were nine months old and you could you could walk and they had to run from that time onwards. They had to run behind you to catch you. <laughs> Tricot, vice president of Scott, said about you: "He, you're the most determined person he has ever met." Uh, your mom, Francisca, said Nino was always doing everything very fast, fast mathematics, fast uh, cycling, fast skiing, everything has to be fast and uh, she mentioned as well that you said as a young boy to your colleagues I will be a world champion in, in mountain biking and not only you did it one time, you did it 11 times world champion, seven times overall winner world cup, you had a bronze medal, a silver medal, a gold medal, two times APSA Cape Epic, I participated in 2008. I, I thought I have to mention this, but think <laughs> your career is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, so congratulations! it's jumps unbelievably. Thank you,
1: thank you. I'm I'm just doing what I'm what I'm good at, and that's racing.
0: <laughs>
1: no, I'm I'm for sure I'm I'm lucky to have the talent uh, to ride fast the bike, and uh, my parents gave me a lot with uh, what you need for for a cyclist, and then I was also lucky to to meet the right people to the right moment like i i got into thomas Krishna's team when i was yeah as a junior 2003 i joined the team in a like a really professional um environment i with my coach i'm already working since 2000 together so i met really good people really early and uh they actually helped me a lot on that way and uh yeah and now i'm really really glad i yeah, I, I won all those those uh, titles and uh, I hope the, the journey is not over yet and uh, still can get some more.
0: <laughs> we prepared two little clips and I want to start maybe with the first one uh, to show our, our listeners and, and viewers uh, what a normal day in your office looks like. So please, Will, if you would kind of show that that first clip. This is unbelievable. How many things do you ever <laughs> see all these things? Yeah, thank you very much, Will. I think that's that's an amazing clip. When you see these things, how many races do you remember? You you're very visual with all these things. I've, I've, I've read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can.
1: I I don't more. I yeah, some of them. It's I exactly know which race it was, but some of them I just recognize the track. I when I go through the tracks, I can actually every corner. I. I know, ah, oh, this is this corner, this is this corner. I don't know which year it was, but I exactly know the track and where it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see those those pictures. Uh, yeah, it's it's always nice to to look back to those uh, yeah, nice moments where I were were successful and uh, we're standing at the top, yeah.
0: <laughs> Very nice. You you started or who was the first person who introduced you to cycling? Obviously, you're from Switzerland, you grew up in the mountains. And and how does this all start? How did this passion for cycling come along?
1: Yeah, for sure. I grew up in a in a region where you, where it's perfect to ride your mountain bike. Mm-hmm. It's. I grew up in a in a a little mountain village. Uh, just thirty people lived there. More cows than people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there were not much to do than uh, enjoy the the nature outside, play outside, and I joined as a as a kid. 2007 the the local ski club so skiing is, is quite big in our region and like a summer activity from that ski club uh we went riding and there was just uh also this time that they, they just started with a with a mountain bike cup it was really still early times of mountain biking but i was lucky that in switzerland just a, a kid's cup for mountain biking starts and uh, there was a race close by and me and my brother both took part in that race and we straight on one both in our category and then we saw ah, we probably have a talent with riding bikes and uh, really enjoyed it to also like in our town to to race around with our bikes ch- chase each other and and uh yeah we fall we fall in love with with mountain biking and yeah we stopped then skiing or in winter we still did skiing but not not races anymore and focused more on, on on mountain biking and then also my father got into mountain biking my my mother as well so we we actually um found this passion for cycling as a family together and uh, then we went off to on on cycling holidays like we went just on on the island Elba in Italy just with the bikes and we were like on holidays we were riding around the island just with our bikes and we really had fun and and for sure it made it made it also easier for me that I was from from the beginning really successful and I Mm -hmm. won from the kids category I started to win races and that kept me really me really motivated to 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 keep going and But I never had really the dream to get a professional. I was just, I was really good at it. So, and some of the sudden I, like this cup always had in the end of the year, the winners of the overall, they were were invited to to, uh, a camp, like riding camp and then there was, a, on one of those camps was Thomas Frischknecht there signing some cards and they had some stickers. I not even knew him, but uh, I, uh, that's cool. He's a professional mountain biker. <laughs> Maybe I've also wanted to uh, get that one day. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's how it started. <laughs> he's a legend. And obviously now he's a good friend of yours, to your team colleague, your team manager, and on. But when I when I started getting into a mountain bike sport, he was he was just the, the main the main person. And obviously you and, and him in a team that was the, the Swiss dream team.
1: Yeah, for sure. He did a lot for the sport in, in Europe. He was one of the when in the early early days when mountain biking started in, in the US first. He was actually the first European rider that really said, "I also want to be part of that mountain bike uh, family," and uh, and uh, got as a as a first, I would say, uh, one of the first European mountain bike pros. And uh, he helped a lot to 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 let the sport grow in in Europe and uh, especially in Switzerland. And um, yeah, he's still a legend in, in the sport, and um, he did a lot for for our sport. Yeah. And I'm really glad now to work with him together. We are now, yes. First, I was like teammate with him since 2003 until until he retired 2008, I think so. And then uh, since then, he's, he's, uh, he ma- he's managing the team I'm riding. And um, yeah, we are good friends. And it's actually great to have someone in the team that exactly knows what, what you need as a rider.
0: Yes, yes, very good family is very important for you and when you come home after a long season and you see your mom what do you ask her to cook for you when you come home what's the favorite meal
1: yeah unfortunately uh, she's not uh, not always here to cook for me <laughs> um so uh it's more like when we get together as a family it's more it's more my wife that is cooking now <laughs> um but uh yeah we, we we live in a in a mountain region and there's a lot of nice mountain dishes so uh i really enjoy those if if you guys ever heard about capoons is something nice or maloons um there's a lot of nice dishes from from the canton Graubünden. you if you
0: come into switzerland you you guys have to uh to try it out once <laughs> thank you very much how much of your success is your talent and how much is it really you you gain through hard work
1: yeah i think talent you just need to bring with no there's no professional rider with, without talent if you don't have the talent you're not even get there and i think if you have the talent to ride a bike then it's then you also need to work hard so um i think it needs both like you need to have the talent to 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 just start your career, and then you need uh, need hard work to to actually get to the top, and even more work to to stay at the top.
0: Yes, we saw in the clip some some training regime. You're working over almost twenty years now with your coach, and and it's super creative what you do. I I've seen the clips. Obviously, Scott made a series hunting for glory, and it was super creative what you did for training. Um, so as well that you shared the training, it was just amazing. So have you changed over the last uh, 15, 18 years that you're training or, or how has this evolved?
1: So yeah, I was first I was lucky I met my, met my coach really early and he was one of the first coaches that really realized that mountain biking is a completely different sport to road cycling or to a lot of other sports. So you need to train different than a than a road rider in the early days, a lot of the people just trained like, like they like road riders train because they it's it's a much older sport, so there was much more knowledge about training. But he actually saw mountain biking requires completely different uh, needs. So we started early to to spend a lot of time in the gym, to get the general fitness, also you, to train your upper body, because you need a lot of power also on your upper body to hold your handlebar to, when it's deep technical uphills, you need like coordination between your legs, your upper body, your, your core. So you, you need to train different and he, he realized that early and, um, I started from the beginning, I was training much more than all my my colleagues, also my rivals in the gym and a lot of of force training. And at the beginning, everybody was just uh, laughing. Yeah, that's not really what you need. But now a lot of people realized actually mountain biking, you actually need that. Also, like the sport changed now over the years, like 20 years ago, a mountain bike race was also up to three hours race time. And today it's race time between one hour twenty to one and a half hours. So it's it's short, it's intense, it's technical, and it requires a lot of power, a lot of coordination, uh, and for sure as well endurance, but not just endurance. And uh, yeah, that's um how how I actually yeah, try to to simulate the race, like as well to to get all those um that power and that coordination, and try to get that in into into gym uh, gym work, and yeah, I've have, I've have several videos. Like I just this this spring, I recently um, shared new videos also about my training, um, how to get fit, to faster, stronger. If you guys are interested to to see what I'm doing, uh, go and check it out on on
0: YouTube. Yeah, fantastic. I've seen it. And it's really, really good. And I think some amazing pictures and, and obviously the program when you do the, the intense work and then you juggle and, and you jump around. And so it's really fantastic to see this. Yeah, I actually wonder that you shared with all your, let's say, with the competition that you give give these secrets away. Um, I think that's, that's quite remarkable.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like, I don't have to feel I give something away. It's like, I also want to, I yeah, I got a lot from the sport, the past years. And I also want to now share some stuff I, how I did it with, with young riders that, that yeah, coming up and to show how I did it. And I don't think someone can, can just copy me because of, of those videos, you know, it's still, it's always one part of the training. You know, if you just do the force training, same as I, or also how you build all those Mm -hmm. those exercise together, how you plan your whole season. It's coming so much things together that need to be in the end right to be also um, in top shape. So if you see just one little part, it helps you, but it's not like you you still can't exactly copy myself. So
0: So how many pull-ups and push-ups can you do? Oh, I don't
1: know. It's not something I'm counting. It's like that circle training I'm doing, it's like for me, like uh for general fitness combined with, with coordination and a lot of balance, also like. And then I always do the exercise for one minute and afterwards recovery is fifteen seconds doing something coordinative. Like if I do push ups uh afterwards recovering is fifteen seconds juggling, and then I go to the next exercise. So I never do it until I i can't do it anymore so um but i would say like push up push up or pull ups there are still people that are better than i i'm still a cyclist <laughs> um uh but yeah you need as a mountain biker you need also to be to have a strong upper body if you go go down a rough downhill it's it's super intense on your arms or even a steep uphill where you sometimes almost not can't get up then you need like to, to hold you back. And it's, it's a lot of work as well in your arms. Yes.
0: I've, I've heard as well you have in-house competition now. You're racing with your little daughter. She's <laughs> four. And she likes to play racing. And she likes to play as well either Yolanda or Kate. And then you have to be the opposite, opposite rider. So who do you prefer to be, Yolanda or Kate?
1: <laughs> That's now a difficult question.
0: So Yolanda is Swiss, I have to be like with the Swiss
1: <laughs> community, <laughs> and Kate is my teammate from the Scott team, so <laughs> that's getting now political here. So, <laughs> you Yeah, <enjoy> no, <laughs> it's actually fun. Like, um, my daughter, uh, yeah, she also enjoys to watch the women races. Uh, and then, yeah, after the races, when uh, when we go riding together, she always wants to play. Yeah, now I'm Kate and I'm leading, and <laughs> I'm behind. I can't follow anymore.
0: <laughs> uh, it's actually fun. <laughs> no, fantastic. No, but I think this is great if you can introduce this. And obviously where you live is amazing. And taking the kids and showing them how to ride the bike, I think it's, it must be an unbelievable pleasure. Yeah, Now with all the technology, e-bikes you can take everywhere. So that's, that's fantastic, well done, yeah.
1: That's something I really enjoy as well, like to have that time that's now in those special times where we have not that much competition. I actually enjoy to to have a bit more time to spend with my family, also do a bit more, more rides with my daughter and
0: yeah. <laughs> Very nice. You said once uh, you never race only for training, you always race to win. Yeah. <laughs> this is this as well for the mindset? And I, I thought it was very interesting that you say, okay, for some people we hear them, oh, I'm doing a training race or this and this. But I think the mindset and and obviously people always say you're extremely strong mentally to be focused and really know you you you're going to win. And I think if you do every race with the same approach and you always win these races, then you never you never have this half half-hearted race. So I think that's is quite remarkable. Uh, that
1: yeah, i I do not a lot of races like my race season i've i do per year like road riders now start to laugh but i i just do 20 race days a year so um but i really prepare like in a mountain bike race you still you have you can't prepare every race perfect and all the races i take part i want to be in top shape and i want to be able to 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 try to get the win also like to get that that uh, self confidence afterwards you know like you need you need to build you up over over a season that you that you believe in yourself that you have that self confidence you need as well then for the big races and i don't want to go to races where i already know i now i trained really hard probably i'm not fresh um and i probably can't compete with the best so you you already approach the race with with actually, actually a negative negative feeling or and then you also can't really take that that positive vibe away from the race so i actually prefer to to race less um to to use the time to train harder in this time you know if you if you if you don't race you can also train harder you you don't need as much recovery if you always race it's it's much more like uh, now it's recovery before the race and so I do a bit less, uh, I train them more, and if I go to race, I also try to prepare it perfectly and to be fresh at the start line.
0: Fantastic. We have a second clip, and I ask Will maybe to start the clip, and then we will talk a little bit about what we see in the clip. Good, yeah. (laughs) done olympic gold <laughs> in rio we had fabian Cancellara as well on the show he won olympic gold in time trial uh he looked very happy same like you on, on this stage but that must have been an extremely challenging day you had bronze medal you had a silver medal and then going to rio 2016 for gold that was that was the only aim you, or the only thing you had left to win um how, how was that how was that pressure how did you cope with that <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, for me it was clear. I have the only target I have. I, I want to now win. I, yeah, I won uh, in Beijing. I won bronze. Then in in London it was really close, and I, I got second behind Yaroslav just 20, 20 centimeters behind him. And uh, there I was really disappointed. I didn't reach my my dream. And uh, mm-hmm. I knew getting into Rio, I really want to. I want to do everything perfect um, to win that gold medal. And yeah, for myself, it was just the only only way I want to get out there with a gold medal. And uh, yeah, I made me a high pressure myself, but uh, I also mostly, I'm really good if I feel the pressure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, everything went perfectly. Um I got in, I had a great season 2016 and uh, i knew i'm i'm in, in perfect shape i can't be better i did everything what i could and now i just need that little bit of good luck you also need in the end mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah it was was insane to to win that gold medal and uh, a big dream came true for me yeah
0: fantastic and then you followed it up with 2017 which is kind of the grand slam of cycling <laughs> Absolutely unbeaten. You want Absa Cape Epic. You want all the events, overall World Cup, everything. Completely season unbeaten. This is I think, never happened before, I guess. Um, yeah, I think
1: it was like after two thousand sixteen. I was, I was like, oh, for myself, I I won actually everything what I really wanted, so I I felt much less pressure, but I I still like. Now I knew everything what I need to to be in in to be on my best. Yeah. And uh, I still were able to, yeah, to to take the benefits of of that knowledge that what I exactly know, what I need, what I need to do to be in top shape, but without that pressure. And you know if you if you don't have that pressure anymore, yeah. um, everything it's much easier as well, I think. and. Uh, like 17 i i started the world cup races always like I, I don't really care about if if i'm good and good if not it's 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 not the end of the world and i approached actually every race like this like as well like cape epic with you it's extremely hard race over 8 days where you you need a lot of good luck you need a lot of things coming together and but i i never was stressed about it and so yeah it's it's everything gets much easier as soon as you you get a bit calm and you, you mm-hmm. exactly know what you what you're able to and uh then during the season when i when i saw now i won five world cup races i i started to make me as myself again some pressure yeah now i should do the perfect season now i i already won of world cups so i need to win the next ones as well and then i won the world cup with just with just the wins. And uh, then I was thinking, yeah, now I also need to get world champion, you know? <laughs> So I, uh, for me, it was just uh, as well, it was like, I don't really make me the pressure anymore. But it was also like, it's the only goal what I have, everything or nothing. And I also had, yeah, had the luck and also the team around me that supported me. I've, yeah, I never had a mechanical in this season. I never had anything going wrong and i was always healthy um but that's for sure also a big thanks to to my strong team like to to have the best uh best stuff around me
0: yeah your mechanic yannick is quite famous yannick the mechanic <laughs> yannick the mechanic yeah <laughs> that's a quite a good show for everyone who is technically minded uh, scott has done a great job there kind of showing technical advice they, they're showing how they build your bikes and that's actually quite amazing. This show, and I heard he prepared a pink chain ring for you in uh, for Tokyo. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's definitely doing a great job. It's like he's really important. Uh, not just him; also our other mechanics. Uh, we have three mechanics in the team, but they're all really doing a, a great, great work to prepare our bags. It's, it's yeah, it's really important that our tools are in, <laughs> in the best possible. Uh, um, yeah, conditions. Um, it's yeah, mechanicals can happen quick, and mostly it's a fault of the rider. But um, sometimes it's also like the bike needs to be just 100%, and they they really do a great job. And uh, yeah, in Tokyo there are some really steep uphills I can tell you. And if you if you don't re- race it in ra- if race with race speed, it's hard to just exactly. get up. So. I Asked him to mount me once. Uh, I think I was asking for a 36 chain ring. Normally, I'm always racing the 38, and then I said, uh, I'm Yannick just told me, I just mount your 36. When I'm if I have to mount it, I I uh, will paint it pink. So, <laughs> but then in the race, I didn't need needed it, so uh, <laughs> like in, in the race speed, it's okay to go up with uh. With 38, but uh, in training I was like, "Wow, oh, it's tough to ride up here."
0: <laughs> but let's hope we can uh, race next year there. Yeah. Still, yeah. <laughs> still not true, sure. yeah. But this would be right now. You would be in Tokyo, and you would race, isn't it? Or yeah, would... our race would already already be over. So
1: mm-hmm. um, I would already know if I was able to to uh, defend my title. Yes. But yeah. Now things changed, and uh, you just need to be, uh, um, yeah, take it as it comes, and uh, hopefully we can can battle next year in Tokyo.
0: Very good. When you put your race helmet on and you're in the start line, how much of your mentality, how much of Nino Schurter is changing to the Nino Schurter racing? What is changing?
1: I I I don't think I'm changing. I'm still I'm still the same. I'm just what I'm doing. I try to to just to focus on of what I need to do now. Like I try to to get in that tunnel. Like mm-hmm. all the the things you're just thinking about or all the troubles you have around to to put that on the side. And uh, then now it's just focus on the on the race and uh, giving everything. But I think I'm I'm not changing as a as a person.
0: Okay, you had always competition, strong competition, but I feel when, when I see with all the champions I've spoken to, it's always good if there's a competition. So Julian Absalon, uh, Joseph Kuljavi, uh, now Mathieu van der Poel. So I think this is obviously nice for a champion if you really can compete against another champion and it really pushes your level. So what are the, what are the greatest battles you remember with Julian uh, when you, he was, un, or he was one of the legends and then you beat him, so how, how do you remember these days?
1: Yeah, I think it's really important to have like those those rivals. You really know you need to give everything to to beat them. And uh, yeah, I always had those those big rivals uh, with yeah Julia Opsano. I uh, had really a lot of uh, amazing battles, sometimes one he he won, sometimes I won. And, you know, that just makes you stronger. And you when you get back from a race, you you couldn't beat him. You were just thinking ah, now, next time I I I need to somehow get a way to 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 get better and stronger than him and uh that yeah that keeps you alive as an athlete and keeps you uh creative and uh yeah there with julia I had so many amazing battles sprint finishes for sure one of the first ones like when i got the first elite world champion title in 2009 <clears throat> he was unbeatable to this time he won yeah, he just he just got double olympic champion so he was in 2004 and 2008 olympic champion He yeah he was just the man to beat and in 2009 i was in the at the world championships i was the first time able to 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 stay with him during the race and i knew now i just i tried to get my chance maybe to beat him in the sprint and to be a bit smarter in the last lap and uh yeah i overtook him in the last wide wide section and then i just gave everything probably i gave more than i was actually able to to give but with with knowing now i have the greatest mountain bike rider of all times behind me and maybe i can beat him at world championships i was just i was flying and then yeah i won my first elite world champion title as youngest ever athlete ever um, in front of Julie Obslon and that wasn't yeah insane. Like uh, I still when I think back to races, it's still one of my my favorite races, like to get that feeling for the first time. And then with the time, it's yeah, I have, we have many, a lot of great sprint finishes. in Olbstadt, we have had several nice battles. Um, Dolby Forest was also a nice one. Yeah, in Alpshut once he won when I crashed in one of the last corners and then he yeah he overtook me in one of the I think third last corner I slept away and uh, then he won the next year I won again and uh, yeah and the other battles yeah with Jaroslav I also had a lot of nice battles like uh, mostly when I was battling with him he he won more than I <laughs> it was always when it was close he he won he won mostly. Um or I dropped him earlier. But uh yeah, like London Olympic Games, uh where it was really close. I was leading and also there in one of the last corners, he overtook me. Um and uh yeah, now with Matthew van der Pool he's he's a great rival. He keeps me keeps me young. Um and uh I yeah, try to give everything also to beat him, yeah. <laughs>
0: you had matthew is obviously riding as well on the road you had as well uh, a trip on the road with with oregon green how was that to ride to the swiss on on the racing bike
1: yeah i think it's it's a bit different like how Matteo is doing or i did he he uh, grew up in a in a cycling family he, he did already from the beginning he did a bit of of everything i was from as a kid i started with mountain biking and i was always a, a mountain biker and i i just once i got that opportunity to race with with green edge uh, 2014 mm-hmm. um to raise the de swiss and the Tudor romandy um back home and i was thinking yeah it's 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 an awesome chance to to see once that world if that could be something for me or also like to get a, a bit uh, Different training input once and uh, I really enjoyed it. it was it was awesome uh, uh, to race, but I also realized that I'm really I'm the mountain biker. That's what I really enjoy. It's like riding off road, riding in the forest, away from traffic. That's really what what I'm passionate about. It and I I couldn't really think that that also could be a world for for myself. Also like as a mountain biker you yeah you can be a bit more like um your uh your own team, yeah. and in on a road team when you start you you need to much more integrate in a team and, yes. and it's much more team sport than mountain biking. And I was also always like that kind of rider that wanted to decide myself when I'm doing what in a race and uh So, I was awesome to to race once on the road, but now I'm just, if I get the chance to to race like smaller races, it's great for training sometimes. It gives you nice speed, it gives you a bit higher cadence. Um, But for racing, I'm I'm the mountain biker.
0: (laughs) You have been extremely consistent over your career. I saw some pictures on Instagram from you when you were really a little boy with your first Scott bike when the saddle was just uh, almost (laughs) completely in the frame. Uh, you've been extremely consistent, obviously, with Scott, who is a strong partner for you over many years. You've been extremely consistent with your coach, uh, Nicolas Siegenthaler. So, is the consistency a key uh, for for the success for you?
1: I think so. Yeah, um, you know, if you you still it still needs to somehow it, it needs to match, but if it matches and you can work. Um, long time together everything gets a bit more gets easier like um a lot of thing gets gets automatically are working already perfect and if you're always changing a team or a coach you need to somehow to figure it out how how you can work best together Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah i was lucky i was i always had the feeling i i don't need to change um i'm i'm with the right people and i I don't wanna wanna change something on it, and uh, I think I now looking back, I probably it, it's it's one part why I was so consistent uh, over the past years that I always had people around me that exactly knew um, what I need, how they need to yeah to to work with me that that I'm that everybody is happy and uh, yeah
0: very nice you've seen obviously over the last years you have so many changes from 26 inch 27 and a half 29 what do you consider the biggest change we have seen in the last couple of years technology wise
1: yeah there's a lot of lot of things i think one of the first changes i was was part of it this was like uh from for uh, getting to do to disc brakes mm-hmm. like like on mountain biking um, Getting the first disc brake was a was a huge uh, benefit and the, a big step. Um, but also there at the beginning, some people say oh, it's it's not the right thing. It's it's but now it's everybody realizes it's it's actually nothing else that works in the you know, on the mountain bike. Then. Then yeah, with the wheels, uh, we went through a lot from 26. We we went to 27.5, now to 29er. Then a lot of the geometries on on the bikes changed. Like at the beginning, yes. I was I wasn't happy with the 29ers because they were just blue blew up from 26 bikes and yes. the geometry wasn't right. So that's also why we um, started in between with the 27.5 inches. Um, and then today 29 for sure makes uh, makes uh, is the best option for for most riders. Um, then in tires we went through a lot like yeah. looking back like some pictures it's like when I see the small tires we had on I I think, how could you ride uh, those technical trails with such thin tires without volume like, like it's today uh, yeah. You get you get all the grip from the big volume you get some some comfort some some yeah some suspension and i think that's that was also a big change like the good tires were for today like big volumes like the rubber that that works um no tubes anymore with uh, tubeless it's like it's, i think that's changed also a lot um how you ride a bike today and also yeah. like the narrow st- uh, st- um, handlebars, yes. like some pictures I see for me from ten years ago, was like this, and today we at like this. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it always you think, yeah, now it can't get much better anymore, but there's still improvements. What you maybe don't see today, but as soon as you you feel it, you see, yeah, it's it's a big st- big step, and that would one of the recent changes i think is electronic shifting yes. like uh the AXS ram it's like at the beginning you think yeah it's done it's not a lot different but then you realize if every shift feels the same and everything it goes just by click and you you are much more um uh, you can uh settings on your uh, cockpit um it's also a big step we now looking yes. back from 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 two years ago, just uh, yeah. Yes. And drop seat post is also something in mountain bike. Like um, it's something that helps really a lot. I always in training everyone on in racing, I'm still a bit going back and forwards because I'm still a bit like the weight is still sometimes a bit too much for me, but it's also something that changes a lot in our sport. Have a dropper post, it allows you just to go much faster down the hill.
0: I remember the spring we had on the seat post, there was a spring behind the seat (laughs) post and when you open your quick release, you could push it down and then it was was going up again. See, I think sometimes what are we missing right now, as you said, you know, when riding these narrow tires, riding the narrow handlebars, riding 26 inch wheels, and you think like, okay, that, that was the biggest thing. And now you think we're riding so many different technologies. And I'm thinking always, what are we missing right now? And in two three years, we will look back and we will see, okay, how could we ever have ridden a bike like this? And not seeing uh, something like what we are completely missing out now. Tire pressure on a racing bike is for me an unbelievable change. And obviously the suspension level and so on. And I'm, I'm really happy, obviously, we're happy to have you on Scott Bikes and working with Scott over so many years uh, and, and seeing all the improvements coming out. So I think, hands down, these are the best mountain bikes in the world. Yeah, there's no, for me, no question. Uh, especially the one with the lockout and the, the traction mode and so on. So is this something you use a lot? I heard you use it two hundred times in a race that you open and close the suspension on the rear and front. Yeah, it's something
1: I re- use really a lot. Um, we did once testing about how much I'm using it, and uh, yeah, they somehow they can't collect that I'm using about two hundred times the, the yeah. lever during a, during the race. Yeah, it's it's. I think the. The twin lock system on Scott bikes is something really um, amazing, like especially for for uh, racing. Like you if you need it locked up a hill on tarmac, it's completely locked. If you have just a, a bumpy uphill where you just need a little bit of, of uh, um, suspension, you have the trail mode. And uh, for rough downhills, you can open it up uh, full and i think that makes uh sculpt really, uh unique in in the whole suspension uh, suspension uh, section and uh it's something i really i use, yeah, yeah yeah how much i using it during a race it actually shows how much it helps me like going back forwards sometimes just for two meters if i'm standing up on a if i see it's it's a flat bit you stand up it's mm-hmm. locked it's open and it's like you know as as a rider as you as you ne- need to pull the trigger you can look you you see ahead what's coming and you have your bike already set up for that section and uh that makes it uh for me the perfect perfect system and it's for me it's also really cool to to be able to work with scott that's close together like with all the engineers um at scott it's actually really cool to yeah to that you are also listening to our needs what we need in uh, in racing and uh, it's cool to to develop new products um, together
0: with them and uh, make the bike even faster. Very good. If you had to pick one part of the bicycle, what's your favorite bike gadget? Is there anything special which you couldn't miss?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. I think everything on the bike you need, or. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's. Uh,
0: Is that something? For- what.
1: It's, yeah, tire pressure for sure it's it's really important if you if you set out the, wrong, it's it, bike feels completely wrong. Mm-hmm. But as well with with suspension, if if your suspension is not set up right, the bike also com- feels feels completely wrong. So it's actually important that you that you have a good job. I'm sure you do that with your clients, like to set up the bike right for every client that the suspension is right to tell them the tire pressure needs to be there and there. And um, then a bike feels right. You know, you can get the best bike if you don't, if you don't set up it right. Then it's actually, yeah, it's actually sad to to see. Sometimes I see people with the best bikes, but then they, Mm -hmm. their rear shock is like way too, too soft. And they're already hanging in the bike. So the geometry is already completely wrong, or they're riding mostly a lot of what you see a lot it's way too much tire pressure so over 2 bars is for nobody right with yes. the big volumes you need you need low tire pressure to get traction to get that comfort um so i'm riding between 1.15 to 1.3 bars and no more and if you are a bit heavier a bit more but if you see some guys with three bars riding around, uh, yes. you can get you can have the best suspension, but the tire is just jumping away from every from every uh, rock or root, and it's hard to to control the bike then. And yeah, and the, another a good gadget what I'm I'm like to use on my bike is like now with all those measurement systems, like I have a power meter. Comp- uh, together with a garmin computer to actually see actually all those feet straight away feedbacks how you perform and to be able to measure actually
0: your your input and uh, yeah that's that's cool gadgets yeah <laughs> but how important is this during a race power meter is this something you look at later but during a race you're checking it uh, or is it something you just go by <clears> to <throat> like
1: a mountain bike race like yes. cross country olympic uh distance that's you can't watch like, <laughs> it's like at the start, you're already f- completely in the red zone, then steep uphills, just red zone, <laughs> and <laughs> so you can't really watch and you can't pace yourself. You just need to react how the, the race is going and that you can't really pace you yourself understand. also the because it's going. like, can you hear me? No, I Hold can't up. hear you. Can you hear
0: I still can hear you. At the moment, I can't hear you. I can hear you. All good. Yeah, now you're back hello now you're back
1: yeah yeah <laughs> we probably had the connection problem i can hear you i was always fine okay so in the mountain bike trace cross county you can't really pace yourself it's just you need to go flat out from the start but like cape epic or like mm-hmm. those longer marathon races or stage racing for sure, we pace ourselves there. You know uh, what you can uh, deliver over that long climb, and then you pace yourself like you also do on the road. But a mountain bike race, it's impossible to pace.
0: Is there something besides World Championship titles? Is there anything else you are collecting? Is there any any uh, thing you you like to collect? In sport or behind next Not to sport? Or what? Besides sports. You collecting anything? No, not really no. <laughs> Only world no. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: I'm not collecting anything. Like oh, I have. or oh, I'm. I collect it's still something. I from all big, from all big uh, races. I collect or keep my bikers, my bike. So I still have my my bike from 2008, where I rode my first Olympic Games, I got bronze. I have my world champion bike from 2009. So I keep all those bikes, but it has to do also with the sport. <laughs> Very
0: good. Do you have a, a Scott Strike? The, the I know, I
1: don't. have. I, I, I never, uh, I, that was before my, I was racing on a strike. Yes, I saw but, you. Uh, but uh, I never, that was when I still was cadet, not even junior, so um, I didn't cap those bikes. <laughs> Back then I didn't knew that the, one day I want to look back. Uh, Let's see, <laughs> still have those bikes. But then just like to see the, the bike I'm used in, in 2008 in, in Beijing yeah. at the Olympics. It's a completely different world now. You know, it's 12 years ago. It's like there you have you had the narrow handlebars, yeah. the,
0: the narrow tires. The yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you have times and things you can compare and do you ride them sometimes that you take the old bikes out just to feel how it was or you normally ride only your new stuff?
1: So far I never took them out to ride. They are also like now I they're all a bit around. So some of them I have at my parents house, some of them has Yannick. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there is coming a time where I want to get back on those bikes and I, want, I also want to get them some, somewhere together in one place, and um, um, but it's just nice for me to, to know I, I still have those bags and
0: yeah. Very nice. So now after we have this lockdown in, in COVID times, uh, you have stayed more time at home. Um, is there anything you feel we learned from, from the situation and you want to continue doing this? How how did you get through it? Switzerland, I think, was, was fairly open. You could still do a lot of things, but would you would you feel you want to keep something, what you learned and practiced during these days? Yeah, I think like we
1: yeah, you always need to see the positive side. And I think um, what what I felt here in Switzerland, like, like the help in between, was was really nice to feel that the people are really. They are here for each other if they really need help, and that was something. I really was thinking that's something really nice to experience. That that if it's really something happens, you you can count on on your neighbors or your friends, and that was actually cool to see. Um, but I think as soon as we get out of this situation, we we are falling back to everything what we had before. I think we human beings we are we just get want to get back to that how we already are used to it but um yeah i still think there's what we should should learn out of it is that how fragile every everything is like sometimes we think um everything needs is already like set how it has to be but a small thing like this virus can change everything and our system is is quite fragile and um this time, yeah, like the whole system somehow uh, collapsed. But sometimes it's also something just something small. But uh, you need to be, uh, yeah, realistic. Or that sometimes something can go wrong. And uh, not not if it everything goes nicely and you can you uh, take it as normal. You should then really enjoy this time
0: as well. Yes. So when you now stayed more time at home, and your wife said you have to take care of the cleaning or the cooking, what was your part in the house? <laughs> yeah, I'm still not good.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, we, we all work together at home, and uh, we actually enjoy our our home at, uh, at our home together, and everybody has his his jobs to do, and. Uh, uh, sometimes I cook, sometimes she cooks, and um, cleaning, we also like. I, okay. sh- I think we, we, we share, we, we have a good share of everything. Maybe when, she, when you ask her, she tells
0: you something different. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. I will ask her. Um, is there anything on your bucket list, what you want to achieve? You have obviously achieved so many things in life, but is there something uh, even in cycling, or outside cycling, you want to do?
1: yeah in cycling there's still some races i didn't have time to do now as a professional that the I one day want to do or try the chance um to also do those races there's a lot of cool races uh, like a trans promos uh then a, like a brazil ride or a, a bc race um there's a lot of cool races I'm probably going to do as soon as I retire from, from World Cup racing, and maybe do a bit more of of those uh, those events. And uh, another thing, I just started now due to the Corona time, I always were thinking uh, I want to do a pilot license. And mm-hmm. now uh, I took the chance because I didn't had any competitions for a long time. I started a, a helicopter pilot license and I'm just busy wow. right now. Uh, as soon as I'm over with training I go flying a helicopter and I'm busy doing uh, my private pilot license yeah
0: oh fantastic
1: and, uh, yeah there are other things like see the world yes I really enjoy to to see different countries um, to travel um, yeah and I hope one day we can get back to this and also travel again and see the world uh, from the nicest parts
0: Absolutely. I, I know it's why you listen to. Podcast. Uh, is there any podcast you you listen you you really enjoy?
1: Um, I just started recently to to listen a bit to podcast. It was before Corona, I, I never really got in. Now I got a, a few requests for for podcasts uh, to take part, uh, and uh, now I got into a bit of sports uh, podcast, but mostly from people I I know like. Andrew Needling he's also one of our Scott family, uh, a downhill rider. He's just starting the podcast with with riders. I sometimes listen to this. Then I started to listen now a bit of some uh, pilot pilot podcast. Like (laughs) recently, I just listened to one because I was a big thing for me, like my first solo in a helicopter. There was like podcasts about how you should approach your first solo. And (laughs) so I listened to this kind and uh, then there's some some Swiss podcasts from our Swiss uh, some some cool productions. I listen when I'm I have to to drive for and uh, have nothing else to do.
0: there's one podcast. I think somebody is pretending to be you. They make an interview. Uh, it's on. Okay. I was listening. and It was a Spanish a Spanish guy pretending to be Nino Schurter, and he was having a. And interviews. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. I need to check. It check it out. Yes. It was good or bad? <laughs> uh, it was three minutes. You are you better life, you're better in real. Yeah. So it was only a copy. Okay. Um I have a few quick questions to come to an end. Mm-hmm. And I want to just ask you, what was the best day of your life so far? The best
1: day of my life was probably when my daughter got born. Very it was good. Some... Very good. The best. Yes. Something, <laughs> Something uh, that changes yes. your life forever and uh, you will yes. never forget. <laughs> Very
0: good. Um, it's too early too. If you finish the sentence, to retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still yes. big goals ahead.
1: Tokyo still coming. Still want to beat Julia Shapsalor's records and World Cup wins. I still need one more win, so it's too early to retire. <laughs>
0: You have an idol or a hero somebody you, you you is inspiring you as as a person inside or outside the sport um i
1: always like i enjoy to like to to watch like inspiring people from sport like what big legends what they achieved but it's not one person i just mm-hmm. exactly this one i i enjoy to to, to see documentaries about athletes that uh, are doing something great. Um, and it can be climbers, it can be cyclists, can be a bit of everything, but I don't have one idol I'm looking up. Very good.
0: If you write a book about your career, what would be the title? <laughs>
1: Still too early to write a book.
0: (laughs) Um, And if you go for a karaoke bar, what song would you sing?
1: That you don't want to (laughs) hear.
0: I'm a really bad singer. (laughs) That's
1: something I know for sure. I'm one of the baddest. But I can remember once I was uh, after race. uh, in Lagno I was with together with Julia Upsala, we were going in a karaoke bar and we both had to sing songs. <laughs> <laughs> and we just picked the the yeah the most funny ones, I think so. I had I think I had to say, sing one about from uh, Britney Spears or something. <laughs> but it's, not, it's just because it's anyway sounds bad.
0: <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, you have a favorite quote? Anything you live by? Anything which inspires you? Obviously, Scott has no shortcuts. You have something, uh, Nino shorter
1: Yeah, it's one I'm really uh, also the no shortcuts. It's something yeah. that works really well as well for me, and uh, I think it's a really good good slogan. Um, yeah, there's there's no shortcut in life. There's no shortcut in sport, and yeah, I think it's it's one uh, I really. Um, like yeah
0: yes we saw this as well when we when we looked at it a little deep of our team as well we thought that was a really good message and it's it's something for us where we live by now as well we want to do everything at the, the high level Yeah, i think but
1: it's not just in sport it's like everywhere. like also as a company
0: in family uh, yes.
1: to be happy you need to yeah to play off the rules everywhere and um, there are no shortcuts to to success or to a happy life and i think that's a slogan that works really good here yeah.
0: is there one person dead or alive you would like to spend a day and get inspired is there anyone you, you could pick um yeah there's
1: like now, as a Swiss, like that, most of the athletes are saying is is Roger Federer like to wants to get his secrets. Once it's now also now in this time is it's actually remarkable. Like he's yeah he, how he can now yeah how he is still motivated to keep going and to be top and also well wants to get all his secrets um, to get to know how he gets through and. Also, like the secrets about to be so famous and still uh, be with both uh-foots on the ground. Um, yeah,
0: very good. Last question: What piece of advice would you give the viewers? Just general Nino Short advice for life for mountain biking, anything you can pick, anything, <laughs> just have fun, go out and ride yeah. your
1: bike. I think that's. That's next to no shortcuts. It's that really important that if you what you do, you need to do with fun, um, and don't see the like the goal or where you want to get to. It's more about how you want to get there, and you want to get there with a lot of fun. And uh, I think that's really important, especially also for young riders that mm-hmm. that want to try that way of of getting a professional mountain bike or a rider to still keep it fun and not take it too serious, and if it works, it works, and if not, it's it's not the end of the world.
0: Yes, that's very good, and Nino, you know, it was amazing, it was absolutely great fun for me to research your career. Obviously, I followed it because we are with, with Scott now for, for 18 years, as long as you are with Scott, we, we are with Scott, and we have really... And it's always a great pleasure to see you winning, because that makes uh, selling the bikes uh, easier. <laughs> thanks for all the development, obviously, with, with all the suspension, with the wheels, 27 and a half. And uh, we're really looking forward to see you racing in Tokyo and holding up the, the next gold medal, hopefully. And and we hope to see you in Dubai one day with your family. And it would be great to to meet up and maybe take you for dinner and show you a bit around. And uh, thanks, and we wish you all the best. And we really, really appreciate the time that you took to, to speak to us.
1: Yeah, thank you for all the interesting uh, questions. It was, uh, was awesome to talk with you. And uh, I also really hope to see you one day in Dubai again. Um, I really enjoyed my last time there. Um, and uh, I'm sh- I'm sure I'm one day I'm back in, in Dubai.
0: <laughs> that would be great. Thank you so much. I wish you a good evening. Uh, next week, we have, uh uh, Castelli and Chapter 3 Ambassador, uh, three times, Giro Italia, Tour de France, Mr. David Miller is next week on our on our show. Nino, nice. thank you know, nice so much. Yeah. Thank you, all thank the best, you. cheers, ciao, thank ciao. ciao. Thank you, thank you everyone for watching, bye-bye.